Welcome to the Kingdom Corner Podcast, where we discuss how to live the kingdom culture on earth as it is in heaven, just as Jesus prayed. Here's your host, the great Matt Guybe. Good day. The great Matt Guybe here once again at the Kingdom Corner Podcast with you today. And I want to, to start off and share a scripture we've talked about before and then just highlight one trait in this verse or one principle we want to pull out. And that's Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Romans 14, 17. Today I want to highlight to you our theme for today is peace. I want to talk about peace. And in regard to that, let's go ahead and we will look at another verse that I, I was reading today or early this morning and then uh, thinking and meditating upon it. Mark 4, 39. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so afraid, or so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, Who can this be, that even the wind and the sea obey him? So here we see the disciples going across the lake with Jesus, and there's a great storm that comes up, and they're in this little boat, and they're all afraid, and there is Jesus. We know the story well. He's asleep in the back of the boat as if nothing is going on, if nothing is wrong. And these these guys, you have to understand, they were... Um, they were experienced fishermen. They were used to the weather, and I don't think they'd ever seen a storm like this because even they got fearful to the point where they woke him up. And he said, why are you so fearful? How is it you have no faith? As if they were bothering him. They'd been with him. They'd seen him exercise faith. They knew what that was. But in that situation, in that storm, they were so overcome with fear, they couldn't grasp faith and exercise it. And I think this is a good picture, a good metaphor for where we are as a nation this last month or last six weeks with the coronavirus, we're in a boat of uncertainty. We're in a, a storm of uncertainty. We're in uncalm waters, and a lot of us do not know how to grasp faith, how to grasp along with that peace. And I want to talk about peace today because it's a promise to the kingdom saints, the kingdom-minded saints. He has promised you peace in the Holy Spirit. And I want to talk to you about that today. I think it's very timely in that this is also Passion Week here as I'm recording this, as I'm in my bedroom office recording this for you. It's Passion Week. And we want to talk about that a little bit and how peace plays into that. Now in the Old Testament, just to give you some background, when we look up the word peace in the Hebrew, the word in Hebrew is shalom most of the time. And it means soundness, completeness, tranquility, contentment, safety, and harmony. Boy, do we need safety today. We need some peace. We need some contentment, don't we? That's the word shalom. And that was quite a powerful word. When the Mideastern people would see each other, they'd say shalom in their greeting or when they were leaving. It was like they're proclaiming a blessing of complete Abundance really is what the word is rooted in. Complete abundance and soundness that everything in a person's life would be correct and right. And that's what they were talking about. Now, in the New Testament, the word that you find most often, and also for peace, I see here on my notes, shalom meant health. 
So it talked about your whole body, body, mind, soul, and spirit, that everything was sound, everything was healthy and in harmony and safety. In the New Testament, the word you most find for peace in the Greek language, which the New Testament was penned in, would be irene or irene, which meant basically, like the Old Testament, harmony, rest, and contentment. And we see the disciples in that boat were anything but in harmony or peace or contentment. They needed peace. That word there for peace was basically meant be still, subsist, quit, is what Jesus was saying to the storm. And it reminded me of Psalm 46.10 in the Old Testament where it says be still or be silent, subsist or just stop all activity and realize that I am God. And it's interesting if you read that chapter in Psalm 46, all these earthquakes and these things like that are happening in the earth, great moving and shaking of the world. And yet at the end, he says, be still and know that I am God. And we're in a great shaking now with uh, the coronavirus, with COVID-19. But I believe he would say to the church, to the saint, be still, be silent. Just stop all you're doing and know that I am God and come into relationship with me and get my mind and heart on this matter and this season that we're in and begin to apply my, like we've read, my soundness, my peace and my harmony and my rest in your life. Let's read some more scriptures. We'll take a couple from the Old Testament that I really like. We hear this one often at Christmas time. We're talking about Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. It reads, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the Prince of Shalom, the Prince that will bring you harmony and safety and contentment and bring total abundance and health to your life. The Prince of Peace is born. Jesus Christ, of the increase of his government and peace, there's that word again, shalom, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and his kingdom, we're kingdom saints, remember, to order it, to establish it with judgment and with justice. From henceforth, even forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. We are kingdom saints, dear ones today. We're kingdom saints. Because of that, we live in the realm of peace and contentment. No matter what is going on in the circumstances, I believe it's said in that Psalm 46, though the world shake, though there be earthquakes, though this is happening and that, he is still God. And be still and know that he is God. Another scripture I pulled out of the Old Testament, one of my Old uh, Testament favorites, is says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, think of that word, whose mind is stayed on thee or on him because he trusteth in thee. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. And the word picture there in the Hebrew is one that is leaning into the Lord, sitting in his lap and leaning on his bosom. Can you picture that? Leaning in. In this time that we're in now, we don't need to act in fear or get all upset and worried. We need to lean into the Lord and find peace. We need to find peace. That's what we're talking about in Passion Week here. It's so timely. This is Passion Week. Let's read a scripture that kind of ties what I'm talking about together with Passion Week. Colossians 1.20 in the New Living Translation. And through him God reconciled 
you know, that is made right, brought to harmony. That's what peace means. Everything to himself, through him. He's talking about Christ. What did he do? He made peace with everything in heaven and earth by the means of Christ's blood on the cross. Dear ones, it's by the shed blood of Jesus that peace came back into the world, that we receive Jesus Christ's sacrifice. We accept his sacrifice for sin on the cross by him shedding his blood, and we apply that and accept that in our own life, and we have peace. The earth will have peace. That's the key. Have you done that today? Have you asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior? Have you by faith, exercised faith, and applied the blood of Jesus Christ to your sins, admitted you were a sinner and said, come into my heart and bring me peace. Come into my life and be the Lord, be, be the king of my kingdom and make me a kingdom saint. Have you said that today? That's available for you today. This is what we're, we're commemorating and thinking about in Passion Week, that it's Jesus went to the cross and sacrificed his life for us that we might live and we might live in newness of life, that we might live and experience the abundance that Shalom talks about in our life, the peace, the harmony, being blessed in every area. Not that everything will be easy, not that we won't have trials to go through like COVID-19, but he will give us peace in that, and he will give us direction. Let's read another passage. But now in Christ Jesus, this is Ephesians 2, 13 to 22, New American Standard Bible, Ephesians 2, 13 to 22. But now in Christ Jesus, you were formerly afar off. You have been brought near by the blood, there it is again, of Christ. For he himself, that is Jesus, is our peace, who has made both groups into one. He's talking about the Jews and the Gentiles. There was division among them. But through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, he brought them together. And he broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh the enmity, which is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so that in himself he might make the two into the one new man, thus establishing peace. He's talking about the law, and he, he, he actually fulfilled the law by his death on the cross and ushering in the new covenant, because in and of ourselves, the Jews found out, and we can find out, we can't follow the law. There must be over 620 laws in the Talmud. But in your own flesh and in your own strength, that's impossible. But he sacrificed himself on the cross to give us peace, to bring both the Jews and Gentiles together in serving him into the kingdom. You know, we're talking about the kingdom in, the, in this podcast, bringing them together that they might serve and love him. And through his sacrifice, he's made it possible to have peace in knowing that in him we can be Christ-like and fulfill these things. We can't do it in our own strength. So then in himself, he might make the two into one new man, thus establishing peace, and might reconcile or bring to harmony them both in one body to God. How? Through the cross. How did he do it? By it having put to death the enmity. You know, they were apart. That's what that means, enmity. They were against each other like enemies. And he came and preached peace to you 
who are, who are far away and peace to those who are near. I'm teaching and preaching about peace today on the kingdom corner. Peace is available to you in this very uncertain time where you're maybe locked in at home and maybe some of you don't even know what you're going to do for money because your jobs are shut down. But he wants to bring you peace in this. For through him, we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's one household. Let me see. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building is fitted and joined together and is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. He's going to come and dwell in you when you accept Jesus as Savior and bring you peace and build you into a dwelling place that he wants to abide in and be with. He wants to be with you. Let's go on. Romans 5.1 is another scripture. Therefore, having been justified by faith, see, it's by faith we ask Jesus into our heart, right? We, we exercise faith and we say, yes, we believe that. Having been justified by faith, we have peace. There's the word again. We have peace, contentment, harmony, relational unity. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ because of the sacrifice he made on the cross. That's what that's referring to. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 now may the Lord of peace himself continually grant you in peace in every circumstances. May the Lord himself continually grant you peace in all these circumstances we're facing today. Let that sink in. Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ, and that was made possible, like I said, by his death at Calvary that we're commemorating and remembering this week. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. I'm talking about one body of the church. Philippians 4, 7, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 7. I think you should memorize that. Or put that on your wall. Put that on your refrigerator. And look at that often through these next days and weeks ahead of what uncertainty and the peace of God, it passes all our cerebral understanding. We don't understand because everything is crazy and upside down right now in the world with COVID-19. But the peace of God passes all understanding. What will it do? It will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen and amen. I'm going to touch on a few more things and then be done. I should be done here in a minute. I want to read from an article. Several years ago, the psychology department at Duke University did a study on peace of mind. After studying hundreds of people, both happy and unhappy, nine factors were found to contribute to emotional and mental stability. We need that today, don't we? These were students at Duke University. They did a study on this in the psychology department. They weren't Christians, but I think this list is very uh, apropos for some of the things we need to be thinking about today. In reading the list, it was quickly apparent these ideas are directly stated or implied in the Bible. Here are the nine thoughts that the students came up with on how to maintain or gain peace and some of my scriptural ideas about them. First of all, in order to maintain or gain peace, one of the things you have to have 
in your life is an absence of suspicion and resentment. Holding a grudge is a major factor in being without peace or being unhappy. Ephesians 4.31 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Boy, if you have bitterness and rage in your life, you're not at peace. Instead, allowing the inconvenience of our current situation or circumstances can add to your agitation. Think of the COVID-19 virus. Use this time to rid yourself of being suspicious and resentful. Number two, the second thing they came up with, don't live in the past. Much unhappiness and strife in your life stems from unwholesome preoccupation with mistakes and failures. And again, we're talking about the cross of Jesus Christ. You can lay that down at the cross today. Ask Jesus into your heart. Uh, on, on Sunday of this week, we commemorate that he rose from the grave. Friday, we're commemorating that he, he was put on the cross and died for our sins. Sunday, he rose from the grave. And because of that, we can lay all our failures of the past behind. And he makes us new creatures in him, new creations, makes us new men and women. And we don't have to be tied to our past failures anymore because they, he's paid for all that. Tell all your friends, hey, I'm not that person anymore. Jesus has forgiven me. Doesn't mean that we won't make mistakes. But then again, it says in the Bible, we have an advocate. That is Jesus Christ. He's like our, our counselor, our lawyer, who'll go before God and say, I've forgiven him by the blood that I've shed. So don't live in the past. Paul said he pressed on toward God's eternal prize in Philippians 3. He forgot about the past, and he pressed toward the prize of high calling in Jesus Christ, of living for him. So forget about suspicion and resentment. Do not live in the past. Don't waste your time and energy, number three, fighting conditions you cannot change. And boy, is that true now, right? Our hands are tied in a lot of this. There's not much we can do right now. Paul said again, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content, Philippians 4.11 to be content. And that's one of the definitions I read about peace today, that it was contentment. During this present distress, that's great advice. There's closures, cancellations, things that are beyond our control. School for the year has been canceled, mostly in the United States. Accept what you can't, change what you can, but learn the difference between the two. Number four, cooperate with life instead of trying to demolish it or run away from it. I've written a book on the book of Ecclesiastes, and one of my favorite verses in there is he said, basically, I'll paraphrase it. I don't have it in front of me. Learn to live your life to the fullest because you have been accepted by the sacrifice, because the sacrifice, Jesus Christ. Learn to live your life to the fullest. Enjoy eating. Enjoy drinking. Enjoy your family time. Enjoy your wife. Not because you should just enjoy that, but because you have peace through the sacrifice that he made for you. So don't try to demolish life. Don't try to stand in your own strength against it, but enjoy what God has given you in this life and learn to have peace in the storm like we have going on. Number five, force yourself to stay involved with the living world. Jesus prayed not for us to be taken out of the world, but to be kept from the evil one in the world. Total disengagement at this time is not the answer. We're called to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world in Matthew 5, 13 to 16. During this time of confinement, more than ever, it's important that you stay connected. Call somebody on the phone. FaceTime them. Message them through Facebook or Messenger. There's so many ways to get a hold of people. Email them. Be light and encouragement to your friends. 
to your brethren and to your relatives. Number six, quit holding pity parties for yourself. <laughs> James says, consider it all joy. Welcome these trials in your life like a long-last relative or friend when you encounter them. Why? Because we know the testing of our faith produces endurance. Here's a scripture I love. It's true that a joyful heart, Proverbs 17, 22, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Take joy in the Lord. The joy of the Lord, that's also part of a righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit is what a kingdom saint is all about. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is good medicine. I'm not saying we shouldn't keep up on what's going on. We need to keep informed. But just sitting constantly in front of the TV or in front of the news media and hearing all those morbid statistics that they want to tell you every day, sometimes two or three times a day, how many the numbers are that are have succumbed to this disease, that's not good. That's not good. That'll crush you. That'll crush your spirit. Number seven, cultivate the old-fashioned virtues of love, honor, loyalty, and thrift. Christians are challenged to these and many other noble virtues as our lives are transformed. Romans 12, 1 and 2, it's one scripture here, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed or have your mind and heart renovated by the renewing and renovation of your mind. This will improve your attitude and lift your spirit and give you a better perspective, a brighter perspective. Number eight, don't put too much pressure on yourself. You know, we're going to fall. We're going to make mistakes. I talked about that. There's none righteous, the Bible says. Everybody has fallen short of the glory of God. And he expects us, though, on the other hand, to use the talents we have. This is a good time for developing some talent that you might have wanted to start to really exercise. You can study it and you can begin to put it to practice. You can do that now because you have some time to study it. The Bible talks about the talents that he gave, one to five to ten talents. And most people that had these talents that Jesus' master gave them to, they increased them. And one guy went and buried his out of fear. And when the master come back, he was not pleased with that. And he gave it that talent to the guy that had the most talents. Develop your talents, but don't put too much pressure on yourself. When you're developing talents, when you're developing a new uh, way of doing things, a new skill, guitar playing, podcasting, selling things on the internet, you might fail a time or two. That's all right, because that's how we learn through failure. Don't be too hard on yourself. Number nine, the last one, find something bigger than yourself in which to believe. Christians know there's something bigger when we come to know Jesus. We realize that. God created us for a purpose. Talks about in Ephesians 3. We are his workmanship. We are his masterpiece of poetry. Some translations say of Ephesians 3.10. He's working us. He's making us into something beautiful, something useful that he can use for his good work. Time of adversity, while we're self-isolating, could actually be an occasion, now listen to this, to grow stronger, overcome some problems, and find a deeper peace than ever before. Jesus promised, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, peace I leave with you, because of the shed blood that he shed on the cross when he died and then rose again on Sunday of this week to the newness of life. He has given us peace because of that. Thou wilt keep your mind, we will, in perfect peace. Keep you in perfect peace whose mind and heart are leaned into him. Get up on his lap today. 
Lean into his peace. He is there for you. He loves you. He sent his son to make a sacrifice for you. So even in this very tumultuous time, you can experience his peace and, and assurance that in the end, no matter what happens, everything will work out. Be blessed. Hey, thank you for being a part of the Kingdom Corner. Make sure you click that subscribe button so you get notified every time we release a new episode. Welcome to the family.